thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody, I'm John Hindorf and this is another Real World Road Test. I've come to the other side of the world from the UK. We're on the Gold Coast at Sanctuary Cove in Australia and the subject of our test is the Nissan Patrol V8. Real World Road Tests on RadioLeMond.com Well, as you know, we do like a nice big SUV on Real World Road Tests and here on RadioLeMond.com that style of vehicle has become much beloved for being able to carry people and equipment on long journeys in Europe and in this case uh, far flung and far beyond the European continent. Let's get this out of the way straight away. The Nissan Patrol is big. It's massive actually and it's very imposing. This is a dark metallic gunmetal grey it has certainly attracted attention. You don't see very many of them on the road. And quite clearly, people are interested to talk about it. The styling, well, what can you say? It's an SUV. It has, thankfully, for its capacity and luggage capacity in particular, eschewed some of the current fashion for the swoopy rear end of the car. It's quite big and boxy at the back but uh, whilst that might not have the same sort of fastback style as some of its competitors although I'm not sure that there's anything that is a direct competitor competitor this other than perhaps a Toyota Land Cruiser um, I actually think it looks good for it uh, it also as I say improves the accommodation and the luggage capacity inside we're at the back so let's start at the back straight away it's LED lighting across the back, a nice bit of chrome, big Nissan badge. Tow hitch on the back, by the way, this will tow three and a half metric tonnes of uh, braked trailer, so plenty uh, of towing capacity for your boat, caravan or other toys. It'll make a fantastic uh, tow vehicle for your race car. Now, as it stands at the moment, I've opened the back, it's a lift-up back door, so I'm standing underneath it slightly out of the... Uh, out of the wind here on the Gold Coast at the moment, although the sun is out, so I'm getting a bit of shelter from that as well. Three medium-sized bags, all sort of carry-on size, uh, quite easily fitting in there. Probably get another couple in there. Uh, on the trip up from Sydney to Bathurst, we had five adults and, crucially, five adults' luggage for a full week at a racetrack, which this swallowed with ease. What we did was we... Uh, dropped the third row of seats partially, uh, stuck a full-size adult in the back. There was room for that even on that uh, three-hour journey or so, and it was declared comfortable, and it swallowed everything that we could throw at it. So it was two in the front, two in the middle seats comfortably, and one in one of the back seats with all of the luggage. Drop the rear seats, and the luggage capacity is enormous, the middle row of seats, uh, in fact, both of the uh, back rows of seats, the middle and the back, can be tilted back to give yourself a, a little bit more comfortable, don't have to be sitting upright, and of course they all fold flat. If you folded them flat, I mean, 
you could get a couple of carts in here quite simply uh, if you took the wheels off you get two chassis and all your uh, uh, all your spares inside the car you wouldn't even have to think about putting it on a roof rack let's uh, close that a bit dusty at the moment because we've been doing some uh, spirited driving uh, the Wheels and tyres, a nice simple design to keep clean, uh, quite high sidewalls, these are dual purpose tyres uh, on the car and uh, it sits quite well on that, they are 18 inch rims although they look tiny underneath the big wheel arches, this is the TI version, uh, the TIL is the top of the range but this gets side steps which are useful for getting in and out, it is quite tall, the styling around the car itself there's not much you can do with something this big, but I like the little uh, details. The arrowhead rear window pointing backwards takes a little bit of weight out of the three quarters. The uh, windows from the B-pillow backwards are all tinted very black, and it's uh, gloss black for all of the pillars, including the front, and uh, that makes the car visually a little bit smaller from a distance. When you get up to it, it, it's going to look big. At the front end, there's air intakes just above the very big V8 designation on the front wing. And then round to the front, what is now the familiar Nissan grille with the chrome bars down it. An absolutely huge Nissan badge in the middle of it. But a pretty uh, clean front end there with twin projector, headlamps, fog lamps, big clamshell bonnet, which we haven't had to open yes it looks purposeful but you know for the size of the car it's pretty neat and tidy all right let's uh tell you what let's get into the back first and we'll do the uh, the hind off patented test of getting in to the second row of seats you're not going to be surprised to know that that isn't going to be an issue talked about how much room there is uh, in the third row of the seats in the second row of seats, uh, enormous. Limousine style, uh, seats in the back. You have got your own air conditioning system and controls for it there. Uh, no uh, aircon on the B pillar because it's right up here uh, on in the uh, sunk into the roof where the just in front of where the grab rails are. Huge amount of legroom, even with the front seats pushed back. I'm actually. Behind, behind the driver's seat, there's loads of room. Behind the passenger seat, which is pushed even further back, there's still lots of room. Access to the chilled uh, centre console. And as I said, you can tilt these seats backwards and forwards as well. They don't slide forwards, but they do, do roll up and fold flat, of course. You could sleep in the back of this quite easily. Uh, nice upholstered headrests. And one of my favourite things always in cars of this, a very nice big centre armrest with a couple of cup or bottle hold holders in there as well so you are well looked after leather facings to the seats with contra contrasting stitching uh, with uh, pierced areas on the leather uh, where you sit yourself down and where you lean against very well thought out you should have quite high in the back sort of theater style so you can see across the guys in front and it also means that although it's got a fairly high waistline and not a huge glass area that my shoulders are well above the glass line so I don't at all feel claustrophobic in the back of this car and although it is mostly a black or dark grey leather and dark wood the headlining is a light colour and enough light coming in through the very tinted windows to make you feel uh, comfortable without being claustrophobic. Alright let's jump into the driver's seat 
using the step to get out. Uh, hardly any intrusion, by the way, into the rear door area from the wheel arch, so dead easy to get in and out. Right, the business end. Again, using the step to get up, nice and easy. Slide myself in. Closing the door. Uh, no problem finding a comfortable driving position here. Steering wheel adjusts for height and rake, although it is uh, on two separate switches, something that you need to get used to. Uh, the biggest thing you're going to get, have to get used to here is, first of all, how high you are up, although that does give you a commanding view of uh, all you severe. Uh, the second thing that you're going to have to get used to it is just how far away you are from your passenger because there is getting on for a foot between the two seats. I'm not kidding you, 12 inches. It is quite remarkable how much room there is between the front seats. The other thing that I like, and I'm going to ask you to listen to this very carefully. Can you just shut the other door there, please, so that we have a bit of silence? Because this is a scientific test that we, uh, we need to do properly. Um, something that I find quite remarkable. Um, so we're now all shut up in the car. I'm just going to turn the aircon down so you can't hear that. I'm going to bring a window down. Have you ever heard or not heard a window that is as quiet as this? That's all the way down. And that's all the way up. It's no muss, no fuss. And frankly, when you're on the move, you can barely hear that at all. It's double glazed, by the way, as well. So it keeps the worst of the heat, dust and the noise out. Very good air conditioning, multi-zone system, uh, as you might expect for a territory like Australia. Uh, no cooled or heated seats on this model, which I have to say I was slightly uh, surprised to see omitted from the spec. But this is the bottom of the range. The TI, the TIL does have a little bit more. What this does have on as optional extras is the very clever Nissan surround vision for when you're off-road or you're parking. Uh, it superimposes this, the car as if you were looking straight down on it from a bird's eye view so you can see how close you are when you're off-roading or just when you're trying to get it into the supermarket car park. The terrain system is down here in the centre console, uh, very much like an, an MMI or the Land Rover a terrain system with a, a circular uh, a circular dial and various buttons on it to allow you to uh, select on-road, sand, snow and rock. And then you've got four high, four low uh, or auto, which for the most part is two-wheel drive. You've also got a centre uh, lock for the diff and um, a hill descent as well as various stages of being able to take the traction control off or put it onto uh, more suitable settings for uh, off-road driving. As I said, the driving position is good. Satellite navigation in the front with a 7-inch screen. A uh, few controls up on the airline-style centre console, including somewhere to put your... Uh, sunglasses, grab handles inside on the A-pillar so that you can easily get yourself in. And, I mean, just massively comfortable. 1,000 kilometres in just over 10 hours the day after we'd done a 12-hour race and arrived absolutely ready. I could have turned around and done the journey again in terms of how comfortable I was. Seats, very comfortable indeed. Of course, 
There's no point in talking about all of this without talking about the engine. It is the VK56, over five, lit- five and a half litres of Nissan Muscle. The same engine that's found in the Altima V8 supercar. In this car, tuned to just on 400 horsepower and 560 newton metres of torque. Adequate by anyone's, I think, by anyone's standard. But this is a big car, so what's it like to drive on the road? Comfy on the inside, mile eating, yes, absolutely. But surely the proof of this pudding will be driving it on the road. Real World Road Test on RadioLeMond.com So here we are then on the road in the 2016 Nissan Patrol. This is the TI with the 5.6 V8 engine. Just on 400 horsepower, 560 newton metres of torque, which uh, by anyone's calculations are probably adequate. The first thing that you notice about this car, it's a big car, as we've mentioned, is that once you get it going, it doesn't seem as big. It doesn't drive as big or as heavy as it is. Nissan have done an extraordinary job of damping body roll and of being able to give the patrol a unflustered ride over, well, whatever you're on at the moment. We're on a dual carriageway cruising at the national maximum of 110 kilometres an hour, so what, 70 miles an hour thereabouts here in Australia. Road surfaces in Australia are varied, as you might imagine, and there are some gravel roads still, particularly when we drove up through the centre of the country off the coastal strip from Bathurst up to Sanctuary Cove, and the big Nissan handles it all in its stride. It's extraordinary how something this big can be placed on the road, or indeed on the gravel, so specifically, and without it really feeling the size of the car that it is. Remember, this is a car that can tow 3.5 metric tonnes. Part of that clearly is the very relaxed power delivery from the VK56 engine and the amount of torque that it puts out, 7 speed automatic gearbox is pretty much seamless there is a a manual option on that with the stick although as in pretty much everything it's the wrong way around push away to change up and back to change down, no wrong way around the power steering feels very light at low speeds but it loads up as you get quicker and what I like about the car is on tarmac particularly you can feel the weight transfer yes but the car gives you all of the right clues all of the right hints to what you're doing the four wheel drive system is pretty idiot proof just a a round selector for four high, four low uh, in the centre, or four auto. Obviously, you leave it in auto for most of the time, and it, for the most part, drives the rear wheels. On the gravel parts of our journey, I did stick it into four high. You can do that without stopping. In fact, you can do pretty much everything without stopping. 
but I just come back to the the body control uh, of the car from the suspension. Um, you waft along. Um, I haven't really in the past been able to see the reasoning behind these super SUVs, and this is a big car. It's a big, comfortable car. It carries a lot of people in kit. But frankly, after a couple of journeys of getting on for a thousand kilometres where I've got out at the other end and felt like I could have turned around and jumped back in and done it again, it really does make big journeys feel like dropping round to the supermarket. So driving experience, exemplary. All the driver aids that you have really do help. So things like parking camera, the very clever bird's eye view camera that Nissan have, which I think is mainly for off-road, but works just as well in tight hotel car parks that have strangely positioned posts and pillars. And really, you get very comfortable with the patrol very quickly. Now, obviously, with a 5.6 V8, it's uh, not going to give you the kind of fuel consumption that a micro would. And by the same token, when I'm talking about spirited driving and in this car, it's not going to give you the same outcome as a GTR or 370. But for what it is and for what it for how it performs, it's been pretty impressive. Over 20 miles to the gallon, in fact, closer to 30 than 20 for most of our running, which in the big scheme of things, with the kind of torque and power that you've got on tap here, it's not too bad at all. So who would buy one of these cars? Well, there's the rub. We don't have the patrol in the UK, and this V8 engine, I don't think, would even if we did have the car, would be the one that people would want. They would want a big diesel. But that's not beyond the bounds of possibility. Nissan have some very good multi-cylinder diesel engines, which would suit this car very well. What I would say is, having not driven a big petrol-engined car like this for a while, I have missed the way that petrol-engine cars run. You get used to diesels, yes, you've got all that torque, but it's just the effortless way that this V8 delivers that power and torque that brings you back to think, ah, yes, I remember what petrol used to be. And I, and I still, more than anything else, the thing that keep striking me is just how quiet these electric windows on are um, sitting at 70 miles an hour at the moment they, you can hear that I've opened the window but what you won't hear is the window mechanism itself it's so quiet remarkable, don't know how they did it the double glazing the tinted glass the comfort of the seats makes this patrol a very very competent long distance cruiser on the outside you will notice that the overhangs are short which means in terms of doing quite serious off-roading this is also a car that can't be dismissed now I can't vouch for its prowess on that but having put some off-roaders through their paces in my year, in my years of testing cars I can see that this has got all of the kit that would allow us to do that so, looking at it as a whole, the 2016 Patrol is a big car that's been cleverly styled. It's a car that turns heads. 
It's a car that swallows people and luggage for fun. It's certainly a vehicle that you feel you could cross continents in. It's got a huge fuel tank, and therefore, even though it's the, not the most economical of cars, it's got a pretty good range, well over 800 kilometres the way we've been driving it. So, stops for petrol aren't going to slow you down and it's a lovely environment to be in uh, in truth if I was being picky the sat nav has to be the most pessimistic in terms of timing since Marvin the paranoid android uh, although that does make it fun knocking minutes tens of minutes and even hours off your journey although it does when you first put your destination in make you think how long? I better get some more water. So that's just something that needs a little tweaking, I think. The uh, sound system is more than adequate, although the uh, this one has a uh, CD and DVD player. It still does have a USB, so that's great. The Bluetooth works fine with both uh, normal phones and uh, Blackberries, that's all worked very nicely uh, and all in all actually it's a car that I've really grown to love very quickly and at the end of something close to 4,000 kilometres as I'm now heading back to Sydney I will be sad to get out of this car and head to the airport for the long trek home whether it will be such a big hit in the UK and Europe I'm not sure but there must be a place for this big engine patrol in the States if it's not already there and you know with a diesel engine I'd have one of these in a heartbeat back in the UK in fact I like it so much I might be able to put up with the sub 30 mile to the gallon fuel consumption just because it's something different the amount of comfort and the just extraordinarily easy way that it gets on with its job the the levels of refinement is something that I didn't expect from what, what I was expecting to be a truck if I'm honest but I now understand why Jaguar and Bentley and Range Rover are in this segment it is possible to build a multi-purpose vehicle that can seat five or six adults in relative comfort and still have it do all of its tasks with that refinement that we've come to expect from those prestige marks and the biggest compliment I can give to this Nissan Patrol is that looking side by side with prices of some of those manufacturers that I've mentioned I'm not sure that they're twice or two and a half times as good as this car has been over the last 12 days or so that we've had it. So the Nissan V8 Patrol with the 5.6 engine, a big hit for me. And I've kind of got used to sitting up high as well. It's higher than any of the other 4x4s and SUVs. We've driven Jeep Cherokees recently, Land Rover Discoveries, and in the hierarchy, if size matters, then Nissan have nailed it with this patrol, but it does everything else very well indeed too.
just wish we could have a diesel engine and then it might have a chance of coming with a new kit. Another real world road test. Check out more at radiolamon.com.